Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to Lore Watch, a roundtable freeform discussion about lore in the games of Blizzard Entertainment. I'm Ann Stickney, one of two lore-focused writers for Blizzard Watch, and I've got both of my wonderful co-hosts with me today. First up, he's our shaman columnist, but he's also a lore aficionado, and I rarely introduce him first, so we're just going to do that today. It's Joe Perez. Hey, Joe. Well, hello, everybody. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I, uh, I bought some very special bourbon this weekend, which uh, was my gift to myself. And I received the 40th anniversary edition of the Hotel California album from the Eagles. So I'm really, really happy right now. That's pretty good. That's not bad at all. No, no, it is not. I can't believe it's like 40th anniversary of that album. Okay. Yeah, I guess that <laughs> album was like on the, or they play that song on the oldie station, like when I was in high school and stuff too. So, okay. Yeah. All right, I get it. Anyway, music aside, we've also got our other wonderful co-host with us today. He's the other lore-focused writer over on Blizzard Watch, and that would be Matt Rossi. Hey, Rossi, how's it going? Uh, I got eye surgery this week for my holiday. <laughs> they just—they literally <laughs> just that... told me. They just told me that this, like today, that I have eye surgery this week. So, oh, yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah. Yay! It's something. Merry, merry, merry Christmas, everybody. I'm surprised that they're doing that kind of thing like over the holiday. Well, I guess technically the holiday week, isn't so until not. next Monday. Yeah, yeah. so it's, they they were like, we got to squeeze this in. You just you're coming in this week. It's you have a choice between three days, and of which are great for me. So I still have to work that out. But you know, well, okay, all right. Well, uh, here's can hoping I have, it goes can I have some well. That bourbon, Joe. <laughs> for you, I will share my very special bourbon. Yes. I actually can't get, but you know, I definitely have the emotional feeling of that. Let's talk <laughs> I mean, about lore then. I was going to say, I'll, I'll write your name on a glass and have some later for you. How's there that? you go. There you go. Just have one for Rossi. All right, then. Uh, let's just go ahead and move on here. Uh, so we're just going to go ahead and dive into emails today. Uh, for those of you that are listening via Patreon, you're getting this, you know, the week before Christmas. But if you're listening on the website, hey, you got a new podcast on Christmas Day because this won't release until... 
December 25th. Go figure. It's a very special holiday episode of Lore Watch. Are we going to talk about the holidays? Not really, but we will answer your emails. Speaking of which, if you do have an email or a question for the show, you can submit that send the send that email to podcast at blizzardwatch.com and be sure to put lore watch in the subject line so that we know that it's intended for this show you can also reach us via our discord channel there is a podcast question channel for patrons as another way for you to you know drop in some questions directly regardless let's go ahead and get to these because we've actually got quite the sizable list here um our first email is actually from a patron eros who just says very simply very simple question here but I didn't actually think about it until this was stated. So he says, are all the world trees dead now? And of course, you know, we're talking about post-Battle for Azeroth because Teldrassil is getting, you know, barbecued. We discovered that at BlizzCon. So um, that's a good question. That's a really good question. What do you guys think? My answer is no, since I know Nordrasil is still alive. Nordrasil yeah. is still alive, but there were like certain quest chains where it was showing that it wasn't necessarily like thriving, and there was stuff going on with Well of Eternity and a bunch of other junk. I believe the Druid quests had something like that, where the Burning Legion was actually like up there doing things. I don't think it's destroyed though. No, they get stopped. I mean, the tree is still alive at the end of those chains. Yeah. Yeah. We also don't know what what effect really ultimately that the water that is below that tree will have on it long term. But I mean, it's essentially what Titan blood still kind of sort of ish. So I mean, Diluted. I don't expect it to die. There's Diluted. actually there's the other world tree that we've seen in Legion that is technically still alive. Uh, I can't remember its name. Shaldrasil. Shaldrasil. Shaldrasil is still alive. Oh, yeah. We have we have what there's was four named trees and then the one that was in the emerald nightmare that we don't know about or, or if it translates to a real one yeah because there was teldrassil nordrassil there was vordrassil up in northern and that one is toast it's a big well technically it's toast but if you go down into the middle of there's where it used to be there. there's a little sprout down there that's blossoming up which tells me that it's not quite dead dead um, yeah, I I, def, I definitely want to say this much before we talk about other ones is too is that Vordrasil was originally called Andrasil. Yeah, and that's yes. the one that got planted without anybody's approval. No, well, Fandral just like up and did it. Yeah, but he didn't he do that with. Uh, uh, this is the thing that confuses me, right? Because I seem to remember him doing this with multiple clippings, right? Like yeah, multiple branches. He didn't do like he he basically went and created the the great trees, which are not world trees. The great the trees ones... are the ones that the green dragons come out of. Yeah, uh, the, those are the ones with the portals in them. The, so there's four or five of those that we know about. And then he also planted uh, Andrasil out of like an actual seed. Um, Andrasil is the one that can, comes out of an actual seed. It's not out of a clipping. It's straight out of seed from Nordrasil. So I thought uh, that's what... it said that he had taken from a branch. That's where that's what's really interesting about it is because when I was doing the research on it, when I was writing about Teldrassil, um, some Chronicle contradicts itself. Oh, okay. It says it says at one point that it's a seed from Gahan, you know, the mother tree. Ganir, yeah. Not, yeah, not. I'm sorry, I can't pronounce it. Uh, not from from Vord, from Nordrassil at all. And then sometimes they say it's like clippings from Nordrassil. So I, I was just looking at it. I, I'll go look at it again later too. But yeah, it's it's one of those things where. But it we may definitely be something know... where Chronicle shifted. Yeah. Well, it, it could also just be the whole idea that it's an unreliable narrator too, because at this point, like the only thing we know is that. Fandral is responsible for a bunch of this stuff, and who knows what he was telling us if it was true or the ravings of a madman or what actually he did. Well, and I think 
I think what's interesting too is that you kind of have to look at the world tree as it, it the purpose of the world tree because the world trees are they important yeah but like the first world trees were created for like protection um and I the original world tree was Nordrasil and that one was planted specifically to kind of contain and preserve that volatile second well of eternity that Illidan created. You know like, what's weird? We, mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. We keep, we keep derailing. I want to, we should at least get them all listed before I bring this up, but I will bring it up after. I'm sorry. Well, here's the funny part, though. Like, Nordrasil was apparently the original world tree and all of that, but then there are also reports in Legion that say Shaladrasil, the one that's in... Yeah, that's the one I was Valshara. Yeah, they're saying that that one was the first one. And I'm like, well, that's not the first one because Nordrasil was the first one. Or was this the first one and we just didn't know about it? Like, what's the difference here? Because okay, Nordrasil cause... was very, very deliberately created. And then Ysera linked it to the Emerald Dream. And prior to that, there was no link to the Emerald Dream or anything else. So theoretically, Valshara wouldn't really be a thing because that's like Druid Haven. Well, that wouldn't really... Well, and that's I mean, the, that's it was there thing, like... because Malfurion was studying with Cenarius and everything, but I don't think that the world tree was there at that point. They never mentioned but it. I guess that, that defines... Or we You need to look at what necessarily makes a world tree a world tree, and I don't think it necessarily has to be a connection to the Emerald Dream. Well, that's... That's because... my point here, though, is like when you look at the different when you look at the different trees, right? The original trees that were created, Nordrasil in particular, the reason that it was created wasn't to link to the Emerald Dream. It was to protect the Well of Eternity. And then Ysera said, okay, now that we've got this established, let me go ahead and link it to the Emerald Dream. It wasn't like that wasn't its initial purpose. That wasn't Nordrasil's purpose right off the bat. That isn't why they grew Nordrasil. The reason why they grew Nordrasil was to protect the Well of Eternity, to keep it contained. You know what I've got, I'm thinking about here while we're talking about this? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can't pronounce the word, so I'm going to try and you guys will correct me, but Gahanir? The, Gahanir, the, the tree, yeah. That tree existed before any of these. Because yeah, it was, it was the big, great mother tree. But did it exist on Azeroth, or did it exist just in the it, Emerald Dream? Because he, we see no, here... No, we know... I think they already talked about that. That was cre- It was created by Freya, wasn't it? I believe oh, so. Oh, no. Yeah, no, it was created in the Dream. Yeah, but it was created in the Dream, but the things that happen yeah. in the Dream have physical existence outside of it. The Dream and Azeroth were used to mirror each other. So it's possible that um, Shaldrasil might have just been a tree before they made Nordrasil, and then after they made Nordrasil, they might have been like, oh, hey, we can do this thing that, that uh, not Freya, sorry, uh, Ysera did. And maybe they made Shaldrasil a world tree after. So it's possible that Shaldrasil is older and thus the first world tree, but not the first world tree, if that makes sense. I don't, yeah, I like don't it, know. Yeah, it existed, but didn't have the function first, right? Like I mean, it existed it, first. Because Nordrasil is a deliberate, it's, Nordrasil is actually straight out of a branch from the world tree. It, from the mother tree. They took a branch of Gahanir and made Nordrasil out of it. You read, uh, it they used a it seed is. for that one. Yeah. They actually, the, like... Alex Straza used an acorn to grow Nordrasil. And the, the staff is... It's, there's a staff right now. I, don't druids get it? Like the yeah. staff that is Gahanir? Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. like the it's a branch of Gahanir, yeah. So there's... They took the acorn out of that tree to make Nordrasil, which would imply that Nordrasil is in direct line of Gahanir. Perhaps Shaldrasil isn't. Maybe it's just a big tree that they they then linked over, or you know, 
Yeah, so we don't really know all the secrets of it yet. They haven't they haven't clarified what they meant in that dungeon journal. The dungeon journal just says that Shaldrasil was first. It doesn't say like how is it first? How is it possible? You know, they they did did the, the, the aspect yeah, it all just, bless it? It's like, well, that doesn't make sense cuz we've already like it's been long established that Nordrasil was the first one. But that's okay. That's okay. Regardless, I think it's interesting that Fandral instead of Fandral, when Fandral started planting these seeds willy-nilly and using, like, creating not world trees, but the great trees, and then he eventually went to make, you know, Andrasil make another world tree. When he was doing this, he wasn't thinking about the link to the Emerald Dream or anything like that. The reason that he was planting them and growing them was the same reason that Nordrasil was created. He was trying to cap off and, like, stop the growth of Serenite from mm-hmm. spreading. That's that's why these trees are situated where they're situated is because those were spots where Serenite was found and he was trying to like stop that. Um and Vordrasil or excuse me, Andrasil, it turned into Vordrasil. I'm going to keep calling it Vordrasil because that's what it's referred to in game, right? No, no, that's fine. I don't know. I yeah, yeah, the so one up in Northern and Grizzly Hills, you guys know it. It's a big emptied out stump. There's a bunch of furballs living in it. <laughs> that one. Uh when he made that one, he deliberately went the world tree route with it. Like, instead of just the great trees, he was like, yeah, I'm going to make this one real big. None of this was done with the permission of the Cenarian Circle or the Druids or anything. He just went out and did this by himself. And it well, was not well received. Well, during that time frame, he was also what? He was, let's see, Malfurion had sort of dipped off, right? Like, he was in charge of, Actually, of basically, at the time, he, At the time he did it. Um, and the, the, a lot of druids, the, the druids did staggered their awake times. So when Fandral originally did it, he was awake and Malfurion was asleep. But Malfurion yeah. woke up and found it. Like they he all, was they mad. Found out. Sure, he was yeah, Malfurion mad. straight up. They got into an argument, and the the Serenium circle only backed down because it was working. Yeah, and that needs to be said. The 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 problem, even to this day, the problem with Vordrasil wasn't that it wasn't doing the job Fandral created it for. The problem was that it got too big and its roots penetrated into Yogg-Saron's prison. It tickled the nose of an old god and that was bad. Yeah, and uh, oddly enough, I think, I'm pretty sure that that's how the Emerald Dream got the Emerald Nightmare. Because when, when Yogg-Saron felt that thing growing yeah. here, he was like, oh, this thing is connected to that Emerald Dream I've heard so much about but never been able to touch. Okay, now I'm touching it. And that's how the the nightmare got its connection into the dream. Yeah, Um, Fandral essentially enabled the Emerald Nightmare. Unwittingly, but he did it. Um, And I find it kind of fascinating, though, because when you look at where the great trees are at and you think about it, what is Serenite? Well, I mean, we were always told it was the blood of an old god, specifically. Well, look at the spots where the great trees are at. Mm -hmm. They aren't all in Northrend where Yogg-Saron is at. No, some of them are close enough to keep in mind that Northrend is just where he is now. Yeah. If you if the if you think of ancient Kalimdor, some mm. of them are close enough that you could go with it. But the one in Feralos, the one in Feralos, and then even the one that's down in like in Duskwood, Duskwood is pretty I, far south. Duskwood and and because that's down Feralos. below the Thandal Span and everything. I mean, that's pretty. Yeah. That's that's down south a ways. I've always kind of had a thought about this because of Alduar. Um, and because of Aldemon, uh, my thought has always been that maybe we just call it Saranite because it was growing from Yogg-Saron and Northrend, but that it's something all old gods can make. That's yeah. what I was wondering was, yeah. is, does this maybe kind of implicate the fact, like, 
is this suggesting that maybe Serenite, it isn't Yogg-Saron's blood, it's just old god blood from one of them? Well, and we also know, too, like the, um, oh, I can't remember what they're called, Tentacle Face Boys, uh, the weird monsters, the void, Void-ish servants of the old gods. Cathraxi? Faceless ones. Faceless yeah, ones. Yeah, Cathraxi. So, like, if you look at them, too, they have, um, and I remember this being a big thing, um, where, like, the blood that runs through their veins, quote-unquote, that you can see, I mean, it's the color of Serenite, but they didn't just serve one old god. So I think that the idea that all the old gods could possibly make something like this, a uh, liquid or a solid form or whatever elsewhere, makes perfect sense, well, especially if they're servants that are still walking the world have it infused inside of them. Yeah, and you remember when we were doing Vizax, right? When we were doing the hard mode? Yes. Vizax does an ability called Saranite Crash. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's coming out of Vizax, who is one of the Jethraxi. He's and the clouds, the... too. Yeah. Don't forget the living clouds. Yeah. He spews yeah. them forward as well. Yeah, and that's – so you've – we know that the Naraki, which are what the race that the Faceless Ones and, are, and the Jethraxi are called. They're called the Naraki. They're born out of the old gods' bodies. The old gods make them. They're like giant flesh pustules that spew out these things. Um, the same with the Akir. They're born out of the old gods. The old gods make them physically. Yeah. So – if Saranite is something that it's if it's the blood of an old god, then it would make sense that things born out of the flesh of an old god would also have it inside them. Right, and because we know how far they've ranged throughout the entirety of the of Azeroth. I mean, heck, we were talking about it before. Wasn't there? Isn't that during the the Paladin quest uh, when you go down there? Isn't there one of them down there waiting for you? Like, isn't that In a Tears whole Fall thing Blades, there? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so. Well, I don't know about the Paladin quest, but I know the Warrior, the Arms Warrior quest. There's a Chithraxi right in Tears Tomb. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, it's, but it's the, the same, Paladin it's, quest is in the same place. But I mean, you think about that too, right? Like, and and we've been fighting these things for how long since we've been sentient and alive and sort of being heroes all over the world? They're going to spread blood. What if it just, you know, that spilled blood happens to spawn Serenite? Oh, oh, it, oh! I just remembered. Oh, there's a fifth one. There's a fifth world tree that we don't actually have anymore crystal song forest no no that's a great tree the the one in angoro oh the world tree okay yeah the world tree in angoro because it's not there if you go to angoro now there's no world tree there but there's one in the uh raid uh, when you do the emerald nightmare raid yep and you're in the you're in the dream slash nightmare yeah it's the, Ilganoth, the tree. Yeah, Ilganoth is in a world tree and I mean, that's, I mean, that one's obviously not there. That might be dead or it might be something else. Happening. I see. I always thought that that was like, I know that that's the unnamed one and that it happens to be an Ungoro, but I'm really curious about that because one of the things that they mentioned was, so you have Yogg-Saron who once the, the roots of the, of the giant Vordrashil, once they crack the prison, it allows sort of him to get a foothold into the dream. But then they also mentioned that that gave, a sort of an ethereal portal for all of the old gods to get into the 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 dream and the night and hence the nightmare. So I always wondered if that was just a representation of that corruption that that thing that was ripped open. Not necessarily that it was a tree, but it was the representation of how the old gods sort of got into the nightmare or created the nightmare. Because it really isn't too far after that where we, you know, we go through and we sort of wreck the place and and sort of fix everything. Well, so I'm, I'm really curious about that. What I'm wondering is, is that an actual world tree in the Emerald Dream, or is that just a manifestation of the Emerald Nightmare? Like, it's not 
not legit, not real. Right. It's that's, that's what I mean. It's yeah. a nightmare construct. But it's honestly, a, you know what I think, honestly, though? I don't think the tree is anything so simple as a construct. I think the tree is Ilganoth. And that yeah. it's quite possible that Ilganoth, I mean, because that's how you get in. You get in to fight Ilganoth. Ilganoth is within the tree. It's completely, like, grown into it. Yeah. What if that is, you're just going in to fight the eye of Ilganoth the whole time? You know what I mean? It's it's like, what if that is Ilganoth? What if Ilganoth is what you get if you corrupt a world tree? What if it is Andrasil? Or Ew. maybe some other world? Like the Emerald or, Dream, com- like the Emerald yeah. Dream counterpoint? Like, that what if the, the Emerald Nightmare, at its heart, the Emerald Nightmare is a corruption of the Emerald Dream. It, and it is, it was created when a world tree was accessed by an old god. What if that, it's some, what if they've gotten. Uh, what if they brought the whole spirit of the thing into the night? See, that's weird because Andrasil exists in the Emerald Nightmare Raid. You can see Andrasil as a fully functioning tree. You don't see it as a crack, crack stump. You see Andrasil. You actually see it. The in, in Inside the Emerald Dream, Andrasil is not destroyed. It is still there. Mm. So, and when you go fight, oh, I can't remember his name, Bear Guy. Oh, bloody heck. Giant Bear. Ersoc. Yeah, Ersoc. When you go fight him, you see that tree. That's right. And so what if the, the, there's two possibilities. One is that there is a fifth world tree uh, that was destroyed at some point in the past. And we don't know anything about it. The other is that the, they've literally made an anti-world tree in the Emerald Nightmare. Uh, and Ilganoth is it. Ilganoth is the physical, not physical because it's the, it's the nightmare, but Ilganoth is literally the, the, the opposite of a world tree. He's their, their nightmare version of one that they're trying to supplant all the other trees with. Well, what if, what if, so this is interesting. What, what, why were world trees created, right? They were created to sort of be caps on things, right? To, to sort of, they well, had a very original, specific purpose. Nordrasil had a very specific purpose and it was to kind of cap off the well of eternity, the second well of eternity and keep it protected, keep it, keep it from, keep, well, keep it from notice. attracting the, yeah, keep it from attracting so, the Legion's attention the second time over. Um, the other world trees, the ones that Fandral created, well, excuse me, the other world tree, and then the great trees that he created. Actually, I'm going to, real quick here, I'm just going to go back to the email because Speed Lancer had a question as well that kind of tied into this. Who And uh, they asked also, are the dragons of nightmare trees world trees? The answer to that is no. Those are great trees. Great trees are, I believe the technical definition is that they are saplings of the world tree. Mm-hmm. They aren't, and they're portals to the Emerald Dream. They're portals to the Emerald Dream. They aren't full-fledged world trees or anything like that, they, but they are saplings from the world tree. So you could say that they're like a world tree once removed, if you want to call them that. But Fandral, when Fandral planted all of those, his purpose was kind of an echo of the same purpose of Nordrasil once upon a time. He wanted to cap off the spread of Serenite. That's all he wanted to do. So, and he was successful at that. The reason I bring that up or the reason I wanted to, to talk about that is what if and because we know that, you know, Fandral eventually became corrupted and, and all that stuff happened. So what if this isn't necessarily uh, this is what happens when a world tree becomes corrupted or if this is, you know, them dragging the spirit of a world tree? What if this is their version, the old God version of capping the power of the Emerald Dream from being able to repair itself. Because one of the things I find interesting is the location of it. Ungaro Crater, which is one of the sort of the, the Titan lush life zones where they tinkered, right? The, the, the it's Petri a basin of the Titans. Of, right. It's one of 
of creation. Yeah, so you have that and you have Solazar. Um, but it seems interesting that it would be an Angoro that they would put this because it seems like that would be a deliberate choice. Because you would feel if you're trying to corrupt life, if you're trying to put it into your own image or even strangle it out, you would need to keep those areas from being able to influence everything else around them. It's sort of like introducing uh, a virus or a bacteria to a body and then the body's antibodies trying to go after it. It's almost like a distraction. So while you have Ilganoth and Ungoro sort of doing its thing, it's keeping that particular area busy. That area can't self-correct, which means that life can't team outward, which allows the nightmare to maybe self-sustain or grow. Maybe. I don't know. Rossi, what do you think? I think it's there's certainly a possibility there, but I honestly think that Ilganoth is itself designed to be a replacement for world trees because we know what the, we haven't talked yet about Teldrassil and its purpose. Uh, Cause when, when, when Fandral, Fandral is one of those guys who straight up, when he has a problem, his first idea is let's put a tree on it. Let's, let's like, fix it that way. And yeah, yeah. I, I was going to get to that actually. Cause the, the world tree that, Burns in Battle for Azeroth is a world tree that should never have been, realistically. Um, when Nordrasil was destroyed at the end of the Third War, the Night Elves lost their immortality. Like, it was just, boop, gone. Because that immortality was in place as long as the tree survived. <laughs> it was supposed to, you know, encourage them to kind of protect things and guard things. And um, when push came to shove, they had to get rid of it just to get rid of Archimonde. Um Fandral wanted to plant a new world tree not because he was trying to protect anything not because he was trying to cap anything off but because he was trying to get that immortality back and make a new home for the night elves it was purely selfish reasons really um and there was more to it beyond that and rossi i'm pretty sure you want to talk about that well yeah one of the things that we we already know that fandral basically in addition to planting trees uh, he was the guy who fought Cthulhu during the War of the Shifting Sands, and he did a decent job. But he got pushed back all the way from like through Wangoro. He, he went like they were fighting originally in Celtis. They his son was killed. He sort of snapped and lost it. They got pushed and, all the way back into the Cenaris. Well, they got pushed all the way back right up to the door of the Caverns of Time, and only when the Bronze Dragons yeah. came out and started fighting did they start to push back. Uh, but but when all that happened, Fandral was never the same after that. When his son died, he he didn't he didn't take it very well. And for 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 a night elf, basically, they basic the night elves thought of him kind of as a pitiable figure for like a thousand years. After the War of the Shifting Sands, right up until like the Third War, Fandral was essentially in semi-retirement. Like he didn't want to come out anymore. He didn't want to be in charge. He didn't want to deal with anything. And keep in mind, for all his him is in Malfurion's arguments and rivalries and, you know, f fights about what to do. Fandral was second only to Malfurion. He'd been around for 9,000 years. He was very important in the uh, Cenarian circle. He was very respected when he, you know, for all, you know, he, he kept screwing up, but he, you know, he was there, he was trying stuff. He was kind of like there for lack of a word. He was there opposite of Malfurion. Malfurion was very conservative. Malfurion always did whatever Cenarius thought was best. He always tried to live up to Cenarius' example. But Fandral was Malfurion's student, just like Malfurion was Cenarius's, and he pushed, and he, you know, the Druids respected his ability to do that. Even though they didn't always agree with what he did, they respected him. So they were kind of sad when he went 
into this like you know my son is dead thing and just wouldn't wouldn't lead anymore after the third war when the tree got blown up and malfurion sort of was like all right well we had to do it it was fandral who was like no this was unacceptable it's unacceptable you took you've taken our immortality away it's unacceptable and in part that's probably because he had a granddaughter that he you know his his son's daughter was the only thing he had left and Malfurion had just stolen her legacy. He'd just taken the one thing that she had, her immortality. He just took it from her. Now he, now he just guaranteed Fandral's family is going to die out. Granted, not tomorrow or anything, but to Fandral, this was too much. However, Fandral knew he couldn't get a new tree past Malfurion. Malfurion would never go for it. And as long as Malfurion was standing there not going for it, the Scenarian Circle wouldn't go for it. So when the Nightmare Lord reached out to Fandral... Fandral was receptive. Now, now he didn't show up. He didn't like just show up and be like, "Hey, I'm I'm Xavius. You remember me from such evil acts as everything I've ever done." Uh, he he showed up in a much different form. He showed up in the form of Malfi- of uh, not Malfurion, Fandral's son, Valstan. Uh, Valstan, and he basically said, "Dad, uh, I'm with you. Uh, you can get me back if you just you know if you plant this tree and you graft this special branch onto it." And you know, instead of saying, "Where'd you get a special branch?" my dead son. He was like, okay, we're going to, we're going to get Malfurion out of the way with Mar- with Marograin and we're going to totally do this. So he poisoned Malfurion so that Malfurion went into a, to a sleep and, and he was trapped in the, in the nightmare. And he took to the rest of the scenario circle. were like, yeah, we would like to still be immortal and we would like to still have a big tree to watch. So he got them to help him plant the tree. But when he did, when he planted, uh, you know, Teldrassil, which was again from a, a grafting from Nordrassil, he put a grafting from Xavius himself. When Xavius got turned into a tree by Malfurion, he put a grafting of Xavius himself into the tree. Thus, from the beginning, uh, Teldrassil had a, a branch from the Nightmare Lord and thus a connection straight to the Emerald Nightmare from the get-go. And that's why yeah. when Night Elves first started out leveling, like even back in Classic, you found corruption all over the place. And you found satyrs all over the place, and you found things that weren't supposed to be happening were happening all yeah, over like the Furbolg, tree. Yeah, Furbolg were getting corrupted. There were growls everywhere. Yeah, and when you, whenever you went to talk to Fandral, Fandral was very curt, very brusque. Um, he was the one who was kind of he was the one that initially sent players to go get Marograin because he quote unquote wanted to like research it and, and see what it was all about. And then because Fandral was really gung-ho about looking into it, there were people within the Scenarian Circle, mostly down in Feathermoon Stronghold, who were looking at this and going, why Why is he so fascinated with this thing? I don't get it. And you know they what, were, Ren, they were kinda, random question. Mm-hmm. Wasn't the Morrowind quest also required you to go to Ungarl to get the soil from there? Yes. To, for, yeah, okay, just, just making yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going go somewhere to- with that, yeah. Yeah, you had to go down to Ungoro to get it. But um, as far as Fandral and his motivations go, Fandral was asking players to go get Marograin. And then you had, uh, oh my gosh, Jonespire down in Feathermoon Stronghold, who was Quintus Jonespire. He was sending players to do essentially the same thing, but it was mostly because he couldn't figure out what Fandral was doing. Like, nobody knew exactly what Fandral was doing, and that was a little weird to certain members of the Scenarian Circle, so they were kind of investigating that. And then on top of that, on the Horde side, the Tauren were looking into it, because the Tauren were like, why are the Night Elf Druids stockpiling this stuff? That's real weird. Is there something special about it? They won't talk to us. We should probably look into it. So they're grabbing it, too. Like, everybody is harvesting this stuff. Anyway, go ahead, Rossi. Sorry. 
Well, no, you basically that that all eventually comes out when when Malfurion comes back. Uh, there's the whole Storm Rage novel, which deals with Malfandrel was like out of his out of his mind. He'd like lost it. He was listening to Xavius in the form of his son. He was poisoning his former teacher. He was plotting against Taranda. And he he created the World Tree, Teldris of the World Tree, basically with absolutely no one's blessing. Like the, none of the 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 uh, dragon aspects were any way, shape, or form going to bless this thing. That's the whole reason that 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 Nordrasil worked, and the other trees all seemed to have problems. Nordrasil had the blessings of three dragon aspects on it. It had the connection to the Emerald Dream from Ysera. It had the uh, the blessing of life from Alex Straza. And it had the blessing of immortality from uh, Nosdormu. None of the dragon aspects blessed any of the other trees. In fact, when when Malf- when uh, Frandral created um, no- Vordrasil, when Andrasil, whatever, when he created it, he did that by stealing a branch from you know Nordrasil. He basically piggybacked the connection from the Emerald Dream. He he stole it. He didn't get it. You know, from that, you didn't get it from your Sarah. He didn't have it permission to do. Yeah, he didn't have permission to do any of And that was the problem with all this. of his stuff he was doing. He was basically stealing a blessing he didn't have any right to bestow. And he kept doing it. He did it. And we did it. He tried to do it again with Teldrassel. And then this time they were up front, like, no, you don't get a blessing. You don't get your immortality. We did not tell you to do this. So when all this bad stuff was going on, basically Xavius was using the tree as a conduit for the nightmare and he was working against, you know, everything that, you know, Malfurion had ever loved. That was the whole point. Xavius still was mad about the whole turning me into a tree thing. Plus he was working for the old gods. So he was the nightmare Lord. He was doing all that stuff, but, but Teldrassil was actually surprising everybody. It, it was managing to fight off the corruption. It was by itself with no blessing from any of the ancients, like none of the aspects, nobody blessed this tree it was still managing to do it. It was still living up to the legacy of its sire or its, its mother. Um, it was still basically being a world tree. And so when, when Xavius got beat that time, when Malfurion came back, uh, nor, at this time, Norse was still gone. Like nobody even could actually knew when actually knew where he was. Cause through all twilight, the aspects hadn't happened yet. Um, but Alex Straza and Ysera were like, you know what? We didn't bless you, and we were still kind of mad that Fandral just decided he can do this whenever he wants to. But the tree, the tree itself, it's impressed us. It's, it's not a bad tree. <laughs> yeah, it's it's done its bit. It's fought the corruption. It, it's you know given you a home. We're we're okay with this tree existing. So they blessed it. But if, even with the blessing of Alexstrasza and Ysera, they finally linked the tree to the Emerald Dream. Finally, made it a true world tree. The tree has never actually had a purpose. Like you talked before about how like there was a purpose to the other trees. Nordrasil was the only one that had a consecrated purpose. Uh, maybe Shaldrasil did too. We don't know. We know we know very little about Shaldrasil's origins or why it exists. But Vordrasil didn't, and Teldrassil certainly didn't. And thus, it's interesting that Teldrassil was the largest of them by a lot. Yeah, Teldrassil is like. Five times bigger than than Nordrasil. It was supercharged, basically. Yeah, and that means like uh, we don't know what effect its destruction is going to have. It could be really bad because it is connected to the Emerald Dream now. Uh, it wasn't before, but it is now. Um, Ysera gave it her blessing. So yeah, but but that's the, the weird thing about Fandral and his obsession with planting trees to try and solve problems. It's like he saw that they planted Nordrasil and it worked, and then he just kept thinking, okay, that's the way to go. What we need is another big tree. 
I just keep kind of going back to the fact that like all of the other trees that were planted were planted to cover Serenite. So it was like, this is where old God blood was. And we put a connection, a portal connection to the Emerald dream smack on top of it. Not the world's best idea. Um, so to go back to the initial question, the initial question from Eros about all the world trees being dead. No, they aren't dead. They're still alive. Teldrassil just happened to be a very specific one, but Nordrassil is making a recovery. And weirdly, like I said, if you go into Vordrassil, if you go into that big stump, there is a sapling down there. And I find that a little bit disturbing that there's a sapling down there. It's like, well, is this a good thing? I mean, you'd think, oh, look, it's another little baby tree. You'd think that's a good thing, but... But if it starts growing roots down into Yogg-Saron's prison yeah, again, that's given, less good. Given what happened with Wardrasil to begin with, it's like, is that really a good thing, though? Like, is that is that really a good thing? We don't know. You know um, what's interesting? You just pointed out something to me, though. What if Teldrassil survives this? I don't know. Because it could. I mean, we blew up Nordrasil and it grew back. <laughs> I know. You'd think, in theory, that these trees are hardy enough that they could be reborn or whatever. Um, that might be a possibility, but how long did it take Nordrasil? Like 10 years? Yeah. yeah. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, 10 years is like nothing compared to like what usually the the length yeah, but... of time is for these things. Nordrasil, too, we, we have the thing. Nordrasil, we don't... Can you argue who got blown up, really? Was it Nordrasil that got blown up, or was it Archimonde who got blown up and Nordrasil just happened to get caught in the explosion? I think Nordrasil kind of got caught in the... Vordrasil got blown down. I seem to remember, though, that it was more about supercharging the tree and using it as a detonation. It wasn't the tree. It was the wisps. If you actually look at the wisps... That went into the tree. No, they go with the wisps going to Archimonde. Watch the the thing. He's actually... He's trying to shake him off real bad. (laughs) He's screaming and going, oh, God, and then they blow him up. It's the wisps (laughs) that do it. But the explosion definitely hurt the tree. But Vordrasil got got schooled in comparison. Vordrasil got ripped down. Yeah. The, the, the corpse of the tree is across multiple, the, like half the zone. The druids were very um, thorough when they got rid of that one. Yeah. So, but if it's, if it's regrowing, a little sapling of it is regrowing, that implies that, that it can survive even that. So yeah, it's like, Heldrasil how powerful are back. these things really? Well, anyway, let's go ahead and jump into another email here. Joe, did you have anything you wanted to add? No, I'm good. Let's go ahead and uh, jump into the next email here. This one is from Annalise on Moonguard who says, Hello, purveyors of polar precipitation. Going tinfoil hat here, but what do you think of the theory that Sylvanas and Greymane are being influenced by the old gods? For Sylvanas, at least, you could point to the fact that she hurled herself from Ice Crown onto Serenite, which is just old god blood, speaking of things we were just talking about. Uh, any other instances in lore that might support this? Uh, P.S. Also, in reference to the last episode when you mentioned Jason Momoa being a trollbane, I have to say the man is the most regal looking person I have ever seen. He is. I just felt like adding that in there. Um, Joe, well, I'm going to descended from very cool. Yeah, know. Joe, I'm going go to go go with you first on this, just to like get your thoughts on this. Do you think that Greymane and Sylvanas are being influenced by the old gods? I mean, they're all centrally kind of over by Tiraswell Glades. What do you think? I mean, while it is within the realm of possibilities, I don't necessarily know because it it almost seems weird because at that point you could point to any conflict that's happening anywhere between two people and be like, oh, yeah, that's that's all God influence. They want us to fight. Yeah, they do. But at the end of the day, all God's just kind of watch us do what we normally do and sort of just 
we destroy ourselves. So I don't think necessarily that it's it's old God influence with them. I just think it's the nature of their characters and the way that they are positioned in their history. Like, I mean, Thrall and Garrosh, they weren't necessarily, I mean, Garrosh was, but like Thrall, were we going to say that he was influenced by it as well? Like, it's it's one of those weird things where I can't, I can't justify it and say that it's, oh yeah, this is just because of old gods. And if it wasn't for them, everybody would be, you know, happy and, and, and everything else. Cause I, I don't think that Sylvanas and Greymane could ever coexist even in a tentative piece, not with everything that's happened between them. So no, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's influence. What about you, Rossi? I definitely don't think it's the old gods because everything Joe said, Joe just said, plus let me put it this way. Garrosh wasn't influenced by the old gods. He found a chunk of one and used it. At no point was it doing anything to him that he didn't already want to do. He yeah, wanted just, to conquer the alliance. It gave he him power. Yeah, he just used it. I don't think the old gods need to influence us to fight. We fight all the time. We we got plenty of reasons. And if any two beings have reasons to hate each other at this point in the storyline, it's these two. Gen's got plenty of reason to hate Sylvanas without some old god whispering in his head. No, do I think the old gods are profiting from it? Oh yeah, this is perfect for them. They, this is the kind of stuff they love. But while you might make the case that you know the fact that there's that Terrace Fall is so close and it might make them more likely to to fight, I don't think that that means that the old gods are behind it. I just think that that means in general Terrace Fall is a is a terrible place to be, and there's a reason that the when they originally founded the, the Empire of Arathor, Tirsval was the place that the most disciplined warriors came from, the ones who were already kind of turning into paladins, because A, they had the example of Tyr to draw on. Like, you know, to him to them, Tyr was a guy. Like their their ancestors had come following him. They they were descended from Vrykul, who had the curse of flesh that that came in his wake. Like with him. He was there. Like some of their ancestors would directly spoke to the guy. So they had that going. Secondly, they had a Chathraxi in a tomb right there, and they had to guard it. And that meant becoming paladins, and that's where the discipline comes from. I don't think that Tirisfall is turning anybody into a, you know, old god servant. I just think that it's generally a place where the old gods have left their mark. And does that mean that the area is more corrupted or more likely to be corrupted? I don't know. I think at this point, the Scourge is its own horrible thing. I think that the uh, the Plague of Undeath is its own horrible thing. I don't think you need to like necessarily point the finger. Sylvanas does things because she thinks that they're the right things to do for her and her people. And a lot Not- of her decisions also like call back to her time as a living general, too. Like If you look at it, yeah, her motivation, her ultimate goal may be a little bit different, but the decision-making process is still very her, right? Like it, well, it's, I'd it's argue it's sure. a lot different. I wouldn't go with a little bit different. I'd go with extremely different. <laughs> One of the things I loved about War Crimes is it showed that Sylvanas is a thinking being who makes these horrible, evil decisions through a thought process that can be apprehended. Yeah. And it doesn't it doesn't require anything like, uh, you know, the whispers of an old god driving her mad. It's just she looks she looks at her sister and says, you know, it would be better for us if you were dead like me and then we would be together. And that's, you know. It's not, you know, you can look at it and understand it. It's not alien. I and, can't, or, I can't make myself alive again, but I can make you dead. And then you'll be like me and we'll be together and it'll be just like it was. Yeah. You know, but better because we'll, you know, we'll, anyone who stands against us will destroy. Who could possibly fight us both? You know, it, it, it it's all logically. It makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's creepy and evil, but at the same time, it isn't, 
it isn't out of, you know, she's not doing it out of, you know, mustache twirling evil. She's doing it out of loneliness and, you know, she hates her condition and she, but she wants to have people. There wasn't really any malevolence behind it. There wasn't any malevolence behind it or hatred behind it. She didn't want her sister to die because, oh no, I hate you. You need to die or whatever. It was just, I'd like you to join me permanently. Yeah, and for that, that matter, would be nice. She didn't invade Gilneas because she hated the Gilneans. She invaded Gilneas because she had a frothing maniac on her heels and had to placate him. She, she had to prove now, herself to Garrosh. Now, she did it in the way that she did it because she is evil. I mean, you're using the plague against people as evil, but it's evil that's been imposed on her in the first place. Like, her entire state of existence... That's all you need to justify anything Sylvanas ever does. You don't need old god influence. She isn't doing these things because she's, you know, cackling. You know, she's doing them because to her it's survival. She, you know, her and her and people. And it's a really in order to horrible, survive. horrible kind of survival. But it's yeah, not. But, so yeah, my argument is that Gen and Sylvanas fight because Gen hates Sylvanas with everything in his wolfy heart. And before she didn't care about him at all. Before. Legion, Sylvanas's thoughts on Sylvanas was, uh, you know, Sylvanas's thoughts on Gen were, eh, he was in the way. But now, after he hurt her, after he smashed that lantern in front of her, stole her hopes, now it's personal. And the thing For- is, is Gen wasn't even a thought in her mind until Cataclysm. Yeah, like she wasn't even terrible. thinking about Gilneas. Gilneas was behind a wall. It didn't matter. There was no logical reason why she should even think about it or go down there or anything the whole reason that she went down there to begin with is because it was on Garrosh's orders and he said we need that port for the horde and she said okay yeah this as is it all was, perfectly traceable yeah well this yeah and traceable. as it was that decision had come off the back of the fact that she had just narrowly escaped a coup of her own city from some people who were working against her quote unquote we still don't know exactly how how anti whatever was going on in the Undercity Sylvanas was actually. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm I'm positive that plague originally existed because she ordered it to be she created. She ordered it to be created. And I still I still have like this little head cannon floating around in the back of my head. Completely unproven. It's just there in the back of my head. That the whole reason that this whole thing, this whole coup was something that Sylvanas kinda quietly engineered because she needed to get rid of Veramothras. Certainly within the realm of possibility for her. Yeah. Um, But again, Gen wasn't really a consideration to her or even like a thought or he he was, it was nothing she'd ever paid attention to until Cataclysm and that whole unfortunate thing that went on. And, you know, her, her reasoning was, okay, well, you're holding this land. I need this land. So you need to die. And unfortunately, Liam jumped in front of the blow that was intended for Gen and Leon died right in front of his dad. And that got Gen's attention. And that's when Gen went um, fr- immediate, like, I hate you. And I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that you pay for what you just did. Because, um, again, Gen was behind a wall. He wasn't even paying attention to this whole plague thing that was going on. No, <laughs> they he, were just they... trying to survive in Gilneas. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think it comes down to what Joe said. You know, they, they have plenty of reasons to fight without. Yeah. The old gods. They, they've given each other and plenty I, of reasons for it. Now, the, o- the only thing that I will say is that the only thing, other thing that I can think of in lore that would maybe support the idea that there's something funky going on in the land of Tirisfall is that 
when the High Elves first landed on the Eastern Kingdoms, when they were banished from Kalimdor, they first landed in the Tirith Fall area. And some of them started kind of going a little bit nuts and hearing voices and things like that. That's why they relocated to Keldanos, like on the other side of the continent. Um, that could have been because of the Cathraxi that was in Tirith Fall Glades, or that could have been something else. I don't think it was ever really clearly set in stone, was it? No, they, there's hints, but there's never been an actual... Yeah, and that's, that's the only... That's the only bit of lore, because I know you were saying, were there any other instances in lore that might support this, Annalise? That's the only other thing that I think might support that, kind of, sort of, but probably not. The other thing, you know, when you mentioned Sylvanas, the fact that she hurled herself from Ice Crown onto Serenite, well, the entirety of Ice Crown Citadel is made out of Serenite. Like, the whole thing is constructed out of it. Um... Her hurling herself off of Ice Crown Citadel had nothing to do with the old gods. It was, my purpose is fulfilled, vengeance has been given, I'm going to kill myself now because I have nothing else to live for. And then Mm -hmm. once she saw what was on the other side, she very quickly found some reasons to continue living on because she didn't want to be there. She really didn't want to be there. And the Rykul helped her out with that. So yeah, I I don't think that there's necessarily any old god god influence going on here not with Greymane and Sylvanas well and just one last last thing I feel like if it was that case that it would sort of cheapen both characters at least to me it really would because they've had so many years of development and growth and their stories are complicated their stories are intricate and if all that boils down to an old god saying yo what's up then I have a problem because it just it, it, it almost ruins those characters it's like oh well that wasn't character development that was just puppetry and yeah, now and we're that's... going to wave it all hand wave it all away no i don't want them to hand wave it all away i'd like it to be legit stuff going on and in the case of the two of them it feels like it's been legit the whole way through like from and their it, it first is... conflict with each other and like Rossi said earlier, it's the same. It's the same thing. The same way I feel about Garrosh. Like when people just write it off as, "Oh, he was just influenced by an old god." No, no. these are his decisions. An old god just happened to be. Yeah, I got some power for you. Go do your thing. Whatever you want to do. Peace. Like, yeah, go, it would be no whatever. different. It would be no different if he had like actually just made a hundred mana bombs and dropped those on people. Exactly. If yeah. he had had the ability and the access to do that, he absolutely would have. But what he had at his disposal was an old god thing. And he said, okay, cool, I can use that to make my dude strong. I'm going to use that. (laughs) It wasn't the thing using him. It was him going, yeah, okay, I'll give you what. (laughs) You make my warriors more powerful? Cool. We we have something going on here. This is good. and I much and I much much infinitely prefer the idea of the old gods being sort of more opportunist and not necessarily these all powerful creatures, because while they are super powerful. They're not all powerful, otherwise we'd all be doomed already. They like, need a way in. Exactly. Like we with the Emerald Dream, like we just talked about earlier. They had Sandral to have a way had in. to give them a way in. Yes. They couldn't they didn't just have it do it then. themselves. Right. They're not they're not omnipotent. They're not all powerful. Um that that's one of the, the things that I, I think I like them especially as villains in that capacity, because they look for opportunities, they're more smart about how they get in and they don't necessarily have the power to just exert puppet control over everything, which makes them better, in my opinion, as an entity, as a thing in general. 
Well, let's go ahead. I think we have time for at least like one more email here, if not two. But given how much we talk, it might just be the one. <laughs> and uh, this one is also another good one. This is from uh, Jerem, who says, Hello, watchers, Jerem patrons, since the start here. What do you think about this idea? Illidan consumes Sargeras's essence, like demon hunters do, and keeps him imprisoned, simultaneously becoming a demi-titan. That is a horrible thought. <laughs> I... What's going to sprout out of him now? Yeah. Uh, yeah I was just <laughs> what, is, that. what is that? The big flaming beard? Is that... All I can think of is like, years Malfi- ago... He comes back for the family reunion of Malfurion. He's like, look, Malfurion, now I have Titan parts. Malfurion has to get another animal growing out of him just to keep up. I, like, I just... Years ago, we played this game. Uh, this is relevant. I, I swear. I swear. We played this game called Tales of the Floating Vagamon, where anything could happen. Literally anything. It was just a free-form game. And all I could think of is Illidan trying to consume Sargeras and having two little tiny, like, Titan T-Rex arms popping out of his chest in addition to his other ones. Just kind of, like, holding things in front of him. Like, oh, yeah, hi. I, I have these now. Oh, yeah, I can wave at you twice as hard. Yeah, let's... Look, I can clap with four, like, four hands. It's great, isn't it? Oh... Uh, Four God, sets just... of fingers for spellcasting. Exactly. I have become more powerful. Look <laughs> at my tiny arms casting spells. Like, that's all I can see. I just, I don't know, man. I'm, I don't, the, the video at the end of the raid makes it fairly clear that Sargeras is not even remotely getting consumed or anything like that. He's, in fact, full power. He's just trapped inside the, uh, the Pantheon home base there, the seat of the Pantheon. And the reason he's trapped is because the, the Pantheon are using all their power to hold him there, um, which Illidan's role in this is basically to serve as his jailer while the Titans are he the jail. He has become the Maiev in this situation. Yeah. So I don't think I don't think he's doing any consumption because, I don't know, it's like is there... Because his goal is complete. Is there a separation between Sargeras's Titan-ness and the fell energy that he's consumed over the years? Because... He remember like the whole volcano is coming out of his skin. He was pockmarked with fell violence, but that doesn't change the tightness. That the fell is just extremely corruptive. Does he still have that? Like I, I don't know. Can you can you consume the fell demonic essence and leave Sargeras purged? Would Illidan just get super felled out and then Sargeras would be like, "You guys are right. I was nuts." Here's my I'm question, sorry. right? And then okay. Illidan becomes the next bad again. No, so if you, if no. You, if you go back to the Illidan Stormrage novel. We discover that demon hunters, in the process of becoming demon hunters, they have to, like, go into some sort of spiritual trance thing, slay the demon that brought on their thirst for vengeance to begin with, and then eat its heart. Well, they don't necessarily slay it. They consume it and make it part of them, right? Yeah, like, but there was, like, this that, whole that scene where they ate his them. heart. It was, sure, like, yeah. it was full, they went full-on Daenerys with the thing, right? Just, like, ate the thing. And once it was inside of them, the demon's essence was inside of them, and it was contained there forever. So, do do titans have hearts? And how big would they be? How would well, Illidan go about doing this consumption thing? Like he would have to kill Sargeras first. I mean, clearly with some fava beans guys. and a nice Chianti. No, no, guys. The whole thing about Battle for Azeroth is we're going to be wearing Azeroth's heart as bling. So oh. clearly, titans do have hearts, and they're enormous, tacky disco medallions. So I'm okay with that. Illidan will just have a mirror ball chest piece that he'll be wearing, you know, nice neck gold chains thing, and it'll be playing Disco so, Inferno as he comes out. I was going to say, so what you're saying is that the, the, the score for all of Battle for Azeroth is going to be the Bee Gees. Okay, I got this. I'm just imagining Illidan's return as one very lengthy, 
one night in Karazhan esque trailer. Oh, only you know what's like better? The sequel. <laughs> the best part's going to be when Illidan comes back with a giant fro. <laughs> okay, so no, I got, I got, I got this. Listeners, now while I normally do the photoshopping of the weird things like Metzen's head inside of a cosmic egg, I'm going to put something out there for you guys. I want you to make me something that is basically a cross between Illidan Storm Rage and Saturday Night Fever. Go. There we go. It's probably what? out there already on the internet. The internet is a wild and woolly place. To try and be serious with this for a second, I yes. think if he if he consumed the fell out of Sargeras, he'd still have the Titan in Sargeras that he couldn't consume. Yeah, it doesn't seem like the kind of thing that demon hunters could eat. I don't know what that means because there's a lot of fell in Sargeras. The dude cracked open Mardum, and basically, when he did, he got like fell blasted. He, you know, he he's not himself. He's he, just he kind got... of radiating it. So, what happens if you if you even manage to consume all the fell out of Sargeras? I think the first thing that happens is Illidan turns into a into like you know. Do you remember? Uh, in in the last in Warlords, you had uh, Gorfiend turned into a giant like stomach with teeth. Yes, yeah. you'd have something like that with all that fell first up. So Illidan Illidan would really have let himself go, but all like would, would Sargeras wake up like a dude? Like like this is a big. This isn't this isn't the uh, Titans imprisoning him at all. This is essentially a Titanic version of an intervention. Like dude, we're worried about you. You're really if just Illidan, this fell stuff. If Illidan hoovered all the fell from Sargeras like demon hunters do right would that leave Sargeras the titan whole and complete well that's the thing like I don't I don't necessarily in all seriousness I don't think that it would be possible just because of the nature of what demon hunters do and we just talked about this they don't necessarily just consume the fell while Illidan can control the fell he's not necessarily just infused with it he is infused with the essence of a demon which demons while linked to that their essence their their personality is still present there like and we saw this like you said in the Illidan Storm Rage novel where we're talking about these characters that are constantly in struggle with this demon inside of them it's constantly talking to them it's not dead it's not gone it's still there I don't think you can consume Sargeras in that same manner I don't think a demon hunter could in theory actually do this because I don't think they can consume a Titan. I don't think that it's entirely possible. And I think that would be too much. And even if he could, I, I think he would explode. I think that it would just be shattering of Illidan at that point. It'd be a little so, weird, too, because when you think about it, Sargeras is the one who made Illidan what he is. And then Illidan would turn around and, like, repay that to Sargeras. You know, that's just a nice little dovetail to Illidan's story. I do like that, that, like, at the end of it. Yeah, we are forgetting that, of course, that Illidan is not like his demon hunters and that he, he didn't actually eat the heart of a demon. No, he no. did not. He consumed the skull of Gul'dan, which we still don't actually know what happened to the skull of Gul'dan that turned it into like a 12 foot tall, you know, tchotchke. Like, you know, previously it was just a skull. Then it was. It's Gul'dan. He can do yeah. whatever the heck he wants, even after twice. he's dead twice. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, you know, so who knows? Maybe there's like a, maybe it turned out that the demon inside Illidan is Gul'dan. I don't know. Maybe that's why he killed <laughs> the other Gul'dan, because he was mad he was getting ripped off. <laughs> the demon was here, inside, all along. You know, all of the friends we made along the way. Um, okay. Yes. I got time for one more email. Let's let's do one more here. I'm going to skip down to the last one here um, just because it's kind of a short one. Uh, this one says, Hello, watchers. On the whispers of a frightened world scenario, Magni channels Azroth's thoughts and says, Skies aflame, a sword in the darkness, the wound burning. She predicted the future, right? Thoughts? 
Either that or, you know, Sargera sent a letter to her going, hey, do you like me? Cross this off. If you don't, I'm going <laughs> to stab you. Please check yes or no. <laughs> <laughs> Please check yes or sword. <laughs> or sword. <laughs> I, I mean, it's also theoretically possible. I mean, Titans, we, we don't know exactly how they view the universe um, or time for that they matter. Can grant, they can grant the power for other people to see the future pretty easily. Yeah, so one would one would assume that they would theoretically have that ability, at least in some capacity. I, I personally believe they do, but they just are entirely too focused on one thing at a time and tend to ignore it at long swaths of time. But maybe, maybe she did see it. Maybe she did see what was happening. And we are Azeroth's children, so to speak. Uh, so in theory, we are, she is in tune with us uh, at some level, so she kind of knows what decisions we're probably going to make for good or for bad and uh probably is able to read the currents of how that's going to play out so probably... i have a fun thing to point out i have a fun thing to point out let's 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 just see where where this goes right okay so azeroth when magni sends us there magni's like she's having bad dreams nightmares whatever have you right and you go in there and you look around and it turns out that there's like all kinds of what's in there it's not demons that are in there. There are no demons in that facility. What's in that facility are like visions of old god things. And old god things kind of running amok all over the place. And Her own nightmare. Yeah. And, and and flashing, you know, visions of previous bosses that we've beaten. Like that last that last encounter before you actually start listening to the whispers or whatever. That last dude, if you take your time in killing him, he switches between a bunch of the different bosses that we've already defeated over the course of World of Warcraft and they all have like their little boss quotes and things. It's like, oh wow, I recognize that. You know? Um I'm wondering because I mean, this is nightmare vision type stuff, right? Well, okay if Azeroth was having a vision of the future here, was it Azeroth having a vision of the future or was it these squishy old God things that were like, hi, we're going to show you what's going to happen to you. Which I mean is also possible. I mean, it, we don't know. I mean, how... we're talking about like the nightmare and all of that and how the yeah. old gods and, and there was that whole bit where, you know, Alaria, Alaria in that, in the, uh, what was it? It was like the, uh, the audio novella thing that came out. Right. Mm -hmm. where she was talking about how she could see everything like the void saw everything every yeah, possibility the, the, every yeah. future the light sees one and considers it the only true one the void sees it all and thinks it's all true so was this the void showing azeroth a bunch of different possibilities and going hey this one is probably the one that's going to happen or was it the void showing azeroth everything and azeroth fixating on that one or was it just kind of an indicator that hey maybe the void is a little bit closer to corrupting azeroth than we thought which we've been theorizing or at least talking about for a while now. I mean, it's definitely within the realm of possibilities. We don't know well, I mean, how deep those roots grow for the old gods about, right now. Think about for that matter, too. Azeroth is still essentially unborn, right? Yeah. It's still a child. Yeah. Uh, showing a baby a picture of it getting stabbed is probably going to scare it. If you want to scare a baby, you know, go with the primal stuff. You're going to get hurt. Well, the, the interesting thing about that, though, too, right? Like, we know... We know that the old gods, that the Void Lords, want a Void Titan. That's what they want. They want a Titan that, that will essentially be theirs to, to fight for them. Sargeras is a Titan. Sargeras is basically, you know, writing love letters to Azeroth all these years. 
And then they show the one possibility, that one future of, hey, this Titan, this thing that you are, yeah, it doesn't like you. It's going to stab you and it's going to hurt you. It's going to hurt you real, real bad. We'll never hurt you. We never hurt you. Remember that time we got ripped out of you? That was a Titan that did that to you, too. You know all those gaping wounds you have? Titans sort of caused every single one of them. They're not really good guys, are they? You should join us. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Is this a case of that? Is this like a portent, a portent of that possibly coming up in the future? I mean, Battle for Azeroth, you know, when they announced Battle for Azeroth and they were talking about Battle for Azeroth, I was like, yeah, sure. Okay, this makes sense. This is a story that we should probably be told, be, you know, told, be allowed to experience, be allowed to come to some kind of conclusion one way or another at the end of it. But at the same time, do we really need to be focusing on the, isn't there other things that we should be focusing on? Like, I don't know, the talking planet that's apparently void riddled. Like we focused on the whole Sargeras part of it. Even Magni focused on the whole Sargeras part of it. Like when he came out of those visions, he said he was like Sargeras. Oh no, Sargeras is coming back. You better go tell Turalyon. And I'm sitting there going, okay, that's bad. But can we talk about the purple squiggly things that were back there because that's also of immediate concern but you don't seem to be at all perturbed by that so what's going on here i don't know you guys got any other thoughts on that i'm not saying them because we're already 15 minutes over (laughs) (laughs) well we did start a little bit later (laughs) We, we did start a little bit later we didn't start immediately at the like the half hour mark but yeah we should probably wrap it up here um again if you guys have any questions or emails for lore watch please feel free to send those to podcast at blizzardwatch.com and just put lore watch in the subject line so that we know that it's intended for this show. Blizzard Watch has made it possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your questions on, answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. And for you guys, the listeners of Blizzard Watch, I know we were talking about the Illidan novel just a little bit throughout the show here. Um, um, Audible. Audible's offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. You could pick from anything in their catalog, but the audio version of Illidan is available on Audible if you want to make that your free download. And you can sign up for that at blizzardwatch.com audible. <sighs> Final thoughts. Do you guys think that we are going to be touching on this old god issue in battle for Azeroth? Or do you think this is something that they're going to be saving exclusively for the next expansion? No. I I feel that there's going to be old god influence and we're going to see it real quick, especially with what's happening uh, with the trolls. Uh, Because everything I'm seeing from any of the stills and stuff like that, there seems to be a lot of tentacles there. And tentacles usually mean old god. So I I have a feeling we're going to get it real early. What about you, Rossi? Well, I had to write, uh, write a two-part, you know, your Laura about the Zandalar. Mm-hmm. Um, there's actually straight up a Titan facility in Zandalar. It's in the Blood Swamp um, that was built to study the old gods. Mm-hmm. And this is all, this is all they've already revealed this. This is stuff that they've put out. Um, we're going to be going to this facility. Um, the quote-unquote blood god that we're going to fight is a result of this experimentation. Uh, so... I think this is going to be a big reveal onto Hakkar, but I think that how we're going to find out Hakkar is all God tainted in some way because of all this. Which totally makes sense because how long yeah. have we been dealing with Hakkar and his nonsense? Yeah, I think that that's all going to be there. I definitely think that the old gods, I don't think the old gods are going to be the main villain of this. I think they're going to be like the B plot. 
But I guess that's what I'm asking is, do you think this is something that's going to be addressed and resolved in Battle for Azeroth? Resolved? Or... No. No, I do not think it will be resolved. I think it will be but the But we'll B-plot. see it addressed more, you think? I, I think that basically they're setting up Battle for Azeroth where you have the A plot of the worldwide conflict between the Alliance and the Horde and the B plot of the old gods doing evil things because of the old gods. And the A plot will probably find some form of resolution, even if it's just status quo at the end. There'll be something that's like, this is why we don't fight anymore. Or at least this is why worldwide fighting between the Horde and Alliance is going to die down for a while. And I think the B plot will be the reason that the A plot resolves. Okay. Like we'll, we'll, we'll be like, oh, yeah, we, we kind of have to deal with tentacle land over there, don't we? But <laughs> I don't think I think we're going to see more old god stuff in Battle for Azeroth. I don't think it will be the main plot. I definitely don't think it will resolve, but I definitely think we'll see more of it. Okay. Well, thank you guys very much for listening, and we will see you again in two weeks. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.